Welcome to Scoop with Steve Football. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Scuba Steve Football. I'm your host, Stephen Clinton, an NFL film junkie slash data scientist with a background in quality control on the coaching staffs at Northwestern and Toledo. Uh, today I'm diving into a couple takeaways on the 49ers as I work through some film review in preparation for the 2023 NFL fantasy and gambling season. So theme of uh, today's show for the 49ers is the silverback. So Trent Williams still reigns supreme and uh yeah, um, you know, as always, I was watching, um, you know, some San Francisco film and, and specifically their, their week 13 uh, game against Miami. And, you know, it was just really struck, uh, you know, once again, uh, you know, by how unbelievably dominant Trent Williams is. And, you know, it's just absolutely remarkable to me as this man enters his age 35 season um, to look back on a guy who was one of the elite of the elite players back when I started closely studying NFL film back in 2014. And, and he just remains there today <laughs> you know uh it, it was funny uh in the uh nfc divisional round uh seeing uh jason peters uh trent williams and, and tyron smith all on the same uh field together with with trent williams playing for the niners and and peters and um and and tyron smith suiting up for, for the dallas cowboys um because you know as i mentioned years ago when i started uh really studying the nfl closely i i used to uh put together some all division teams on a quarterly half season basis uh actually planning to bring that back for the 2023 nfl season for scuba steep football so that'll be fun but uh you know i had a rule that you, you couldn't move an offensive tackle to the inside so you couldn't move an offensive tackle the guard because you know then you would just have uh you know probably four in a lot of cases four offensive tackles you know maybe three obviously there's you know plenty of great guards out there as well but um you know at the same time i was very torn because in the nfc east you had tyron smith uh you had uh Trent Williams, who was then with the the Washington, um, you know, racial slur name that they used to use, um, and then Jason Peters, who was who was balling out in Philadelphia, and you know, Joe Thomas was, you know, probably the steadiest um offensive tackle in the league out in Cleveland at the time, um, but you know, to me, uh, Trent. Uh, Tyron and Jason Peters were just on a totally different level from a physical dominance standpoint, right? Like these guys just, I mean, they carried, you know, 15 more pounds on their frame than, than Joe, Joe Thomas. I mean, it was, um, they're just, you know, sort of on a different level in terms of, of freak show athleticism. Now that's not to say that Thomas wasn't as good of a, or as effective a, of a player as, as these three uh, other individuals, but it is just to point out that like they, they just have kind of a different level of athleticism to them. And, you know, but fast forward to that that aforementioned game between the the Niners and the Cowboys, and you know, it, it wasn't anything like 2014 because you know back then I had trouble choosing between the three. But now, you know, obviously Trent Williams, he's still elite, um, and you know, Tyron Smith is still you know a solid player when he's able to stay on the field, but he he's not what he was. And you know, Jason Peters is you know bouncing around the league at this point, you know, picking up extra contracts, and you know that's that's great for him, and it speaks to his ability um and his his physical traits that he's still able to you know play in the NFL at all at his age. But you know it 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 doesn't change the fact that you know I don't think that anybody is sitting here saying that Tyron Smith and, and Jason Peters are still playing the best of the ball of their NFL careers. And you know that's not just the NFL offensive tackles who were dominant back in 2014, right? Like I think back to those days and I mean, you know, I I mean AJ Green to me was, you know, I mean AJ Green was, you know, just my favorite receiver okay like there's there's plenty of competition i'm not trying to suggest that there weren't other great receivers in that era obviously you know obviously johnson antonio brown julio jones i i could go on and on but you know to me i love i just loved aj green because he was so 
you know, easy and elusive off the line. He had such a ridiculous catch radius. Uh, he could do stuff after the catch. You know, back then, J.J. Watt, you know, was the playing in Houston, and he was the Aaron Donald of the NFL uh, back then, right? You know, just blowing through those those gaps and jumping gaps all the time and racking up crazy TFLs, not to mention catching touchdown passes. And, and I mentioned those two names because they just played out their last two years in Arizona and retired. And back in 2014, Calais Campbell was dominating for the Arizona Cardinals, never played with J.J. Watt or A.J. Green. But, you know, Calais to me was almost as good a player as J.J. Watt back in those days because Calais dominated, but he took the offensive lineman with him on his way uh, to dominating, you know, not not to take anything away from J.J., but just I think that Calais was an underrated player of the 2010s um, in, in a way. You know, Calais is still hanging around. He's going to play for the Falcons this upcoming year. But I mean, that used to be a 6'8", 300 and whatever uh, pound guy who moved like a Panther. Now he's a 6'8 guy who has really kind of lost a lot of the change of direction skill. And, you know, that's just, you know, father time catching up with you as as it catches up with everyone, as Randy Moss once pointed out. But amazingly, Trent Williams just, you know, keeps on trucking and. You know, I in the Miami game in particular, I mean, his his cutoff blocks on the backsides of weak we uh, of of zone um when when Trunt's on the weak side of his own run have you know become you know kind of a, a unique thing in the NFL almost and his ability to not only handle um a three tech or a four eye lined up to his inside and and. Uh, do what's called scooping them, which means he has to cross their face and turn them back away from the run. So he's on the left side over here. The run's going this way. Trent has to, you know, reach somebody and turn him back. You know, a lot of offensive tackles require the guard to, you know, at the very least push a hand back to, you know, push that defensive tackle off balance before the guard climbs out to a linebacker. Um, or, you know, the the tack offensive tackle just needs help from the guard to secure that block before the guard can climb out. You know, not only does Trent Williams not need help on that block he you know has this technique that he'll use where he does some sort of a hand slapped technique that leaves offensive linemen just flat on their face um i actually included a clip of this from the miami game in week 13 over on my Substack article about this if you want to check out the actual video but at the end of the game when christian mccaffrey rips off a 30 yard uh run to seal what was then a 23 17 game that the niners end up scoring multiple times in the last couple minutes there to pull away against miami but you know, it was a one score game at this point. And Zach Seiler, uh, you know, Miami defensive lineman, I only mentioned his name because he had actually been playing just an absolutely unbelievable game. He gave, you know, San Francisco's left guard, Aaron Banks, just a heck of a time. But, you know, on this instance, he gets matched up with Trent Williams and just gets, you know, tossed on the ground. And yeah, Christian McCaffrey has uh, this huge cutback lane to, to the left to, you know, really seal up the game. And, you know, it wasn't the only time that Williams pulled off that signature, uh, the weak side block. It, it was the time that he he did that hand slap. But, you know, he he reaches that block so easily. And it's one of those things that, you know, Kyle Shanahan's offense is going to work regardless of the players that he has. You know, it does a great job of, of creating angles and, and um, that make it, you know, easier for offensive linemen who are competent, if not dominant, to, to play very well. You know, it does a great job of directing the quarterback where the ball needs to go, all sorts of things. But, you know, Shanahan's offense is also obviously going to be better the more elite players it has. And among the offensive linemen, Trent Williams is certainly the crown jewel on the San Francisco line, even heading into his age 35 season. And, you know, I guess just, you know, one last thought on Trent Williams, uh, you know, what makes this longevity all the more remarkable is just the fact that he's done it despite ha having a, a terminal um, cancer diagnosis back in, I think, January of 2019. And, um, you know, it just gives me a, a lot of gratitude for all the moments that Trent is still producing on tape. Um, 
you know, and, you know, as he's, you know, obviously getting, you know, he's in the back nine of his career here. So, you know, just really try to appreciate every, every single awesome block that he throws out there because, you know, you just know it doesn't last forever. And, uh, you know, uh, when, when the silverback retires or just isn't the silverback anymore, it'll, it'll definitely be a sad day for NFL film watchers. Um, although I am looking forward to, uh, in the, in the course of doing the research for this, I, I found out that there is a documentary about Trent Williams and his recovery, uh, his battle with cancer and his recovery, uh, that is, you know, uh, um, rightfully named the the silverback uh, the Trent Williams story and, and of course a nod to the silverback gorilla and you know speaking to just what a dominant physical specimen Trent Williams is out there because you know it, he really is he's he's physically dominant among in a league of men who are elite physical specimens and physically dominant among pretty much anybody else and he's just been a, on a you know kind of you know almost his own level, you know, maybe not his own level, but, you know, an elite space that very few other players have occupied over the past, you know, 13 years or whatever that Trent Williams has been playing at this dominant level. So, you know, I, I think the Niners, you know, they, they've got that quartet of elite playmakers who get, you know, a ton of the attention, rightfully so. And I'm going to have plenty of uh, thoughts about the quarterback competition when we get closer to August. I've actually, you know, kind of, you know, I, I know what I think is going to happen with that, but I want to hold out uh, until we get into, you know, fantasy draft season to really uh, divulge all my thoughts on that. But definitely looking forward to talking more Niners as we get closer to the season. Um, th- th- this can be an outstanding team once again, and uh, Trent Williams is a big reason why. So uh, I did uh, post some thoughts on uh, that that quartet of playmakers that you can check out over on my Substack and some of the ways I um, you know, think they might use Christian McCaffrey uh, in the upcoming year. And I'll be watching some Falcons tape tomorrow morning, and we'll be back with some thoughts on their 2023 outlook tomorrow. So as always, thanks for uh, checking out the uh, Scooby C football channel. If uh, you can't tell, I love talking NFL ball. And if you enjoyed listening, uh, so much the better. Have an awesome evening, everyone.